This is Eric from Otain, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Rex from Kill Devil Hill, Pantera. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is John Five, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. episode 523 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, and heavy metal talk on the net. Episode 512, we are joined once again by Mr. John Five. Uh, first time to say the guitarist of Motley Crue, but not the first time for us to have John Five on the show. John will be in town on February 12th, Monday, uh, next Monday, as you're listening to this, to do a show at Jurgles with the Creatures. That is John's uh, longtime solo band uh, trio doing uh, instrumental guitar music. A phenomenal, amazing guitarist who's played with Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, as I mentioned, Motley Crue, Ace Fraley. He's done work with David Lee Roth. Um, John's resume, uh, as long as my arm. And as we talk in the interview, growing up in the era that, that both John and I did, if you were to make a list as a 15-year-old kid of all the bands you would dream of playing guitar with, John's played with them all. He's worked with members of Kiss, worked with members of Van Halen, Motley Crue. Um, just an amazing, amazing resume. So an opportunity to see John in an intimate club setting at Jurgles uh, with Creatures. So what we're going to do, we're going to play you a song that he recently released called Ghost. A song that I will tell you that I highly recommend you go watch the YouTube video for. So many artists anymore, when they put stuff on YouTube, it's a lyric video with animation or something that maybe is not that exciting. This video, as John says in the interview, was him playing this song live um, and recording it. So really a, a cool watch to see him at work doing this, as he said, in one take. So... Check that out. Also joining us on the show today, Bruce Lamont, vocalist of Led Zeppelin II. We will get to that interview after Mr. John Five. So without further ado, here's Ghost from John Five, followed by that interview.
Impact Iron Cedar Rocks. We have on the line Mr. John Five. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, as I said off air, a lot has changed in your world uh, since we last caught up. Um, you, you've developed a, a new side hustle, if you will, uh, playing with the yeah, guys. That, yeah, yeah. Always trying to hustle. Yeah, I, I was looking back at uh, you know, kind of just going over your resume a little bit. You know, things I might have missed or forgotten, and. and I was thinking about it for a guy your age, if someone had said to me when I was, you know, I don't know, 15, who are the people you would dream to play with? I think you've almost checked off the entire list at this point, aside from joining Def Leppard, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I really have. I, I um, you know, I think it's just, uh, you know, it, it could even be you know, energy or, or power yeah. of attraction. Who knows? Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. There is something special when like, you know, you have such a fondness and respect for these certain bands and, you know, who knows? It could be even power of attraction. How it com- all comes together. Yeah. I, I often wonder that, like, I remember having a conversation with Rudy Sarzo, who I know you've crossed paths with. And it's another guy where, you know, the universe just kind of ends up with him in different spots. And I, I often wonder, is it the chops or is it the personality sometimes more so even that, that kind of gets you in the situations because nobody wants to tour with a jerk, you know, if you could, and there are a million great players out there, but at the end of the day, I mean, maybe not to your level, but you know, who wants to ride on a bus with a, a miserable guy? Um, yeah. Well, you know that's a, it's that's a really, really, really good point because we have been in situations where you you're like, okay, well, we need this guy or we need mm-hmm. that guy or a crew guy or a road crew guy or something like that. But you know, doing the job, of course, is number one. Mm-hmm. But number two is. The attitude and yeah. how are they and how are they to travel with? Because you're living with these people. Yeah. You know, so you just want it to be a very nice situation and comfortable for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, the uh, ease of getting along is certainly goes a long, long way. I mean, obviously, they're not going to take me out on the road because I don't think I could hack it. But, you know, you've got chops for miles. Um which leads me to, I think, you know, kind of where I wanted to start. Obviously, you're coming into Pittsburgh to do a solo show, and and many many folks have come out to see you in the you know John Five and the Creatures. Um, the new track uh, that you've got on your site, Ghosts, uh, just an amazing piece of music. Um, I, I have to ask, um, which was harder, getting the guitar back in tune when you did that trick with the E string, or getting the dog to sit still while you put the sunglasses on him? Probably the E string. Yeah, that was. Do you, do you consider using a trem when, when you play? Or, or well, I do. I use a trem with uh, Motley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I use a trem with Motley, and uh, I love it. You know, I used to play that all the time with the trem, and I, I mean that was my jam back in the day when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. But um, just that day in the studio, I didn't have that. And the interesting part of that song. Is I usually warm up before I start mm-hmm. um, playing and recording, and that's what I did. I was just warming up, and and my producer was like, "Oh, you should keep that. That's really cool." And I was like, "Okay." That's a... so we just started the song, and was like, you know, what you hear is what you see on the video is the audio mm-hmm. of you know the track. So it was all kind of very. Um, organic, if yeah. you will. It really, it really came together quite nicely. That story sounds eerily familiar to a Ted Templeman recording back in 1977. If you think about it, you know, just uh, somebody warming up that somebody happened to roll the tape on, um, you know, and the rest was, you know, guitar history with eruption. Um, yeah, I think that happens a lot. You know, like I think Dave told me that Eddie would always play that beat it solo. Like he'd mm. warm up with it and things like that. But he always played that beat it solo before it was the beat it solo. Mm-hmm. 
So it was just something he played and loved and jammed on and stuff like that. So I, I, I always thought that was cool and that was, you know, something that they thought it was neat. When you're recording, are you a, a, a person that likes the spontaneity of the first take, or are you do you consider yourself more of a, you know, I'm going to do it till I do it perfect kind of? I'm the Steely Dan guy. I'm the get it so perfect, but not. I like to record as a um, as a live take, like a right. like. I don't want to punch in. I want to start right. from the beginning of the song and do it till the end of the song. Mm-hmm. So that's me. It doesn't matter how many takes. I I don't I don't walk around and go. Oh, I did that in two takes or three takes. I don't care. I just want to play it as from the beginning of the song till the end of the song. And that's why with the John 5 and the Creatures stuff, when you hear it live, mm. it sounds just like the record because that's pretty much the record. You the know, that's you how it. it was all recorded and written. It was just recorded and written that way. And I think that's something very special. I look mm. at something like that as like in the 40s or the 30s when they just all got in the studio and played you know yeah. there was no overdubbing i think you had to be so good to be doing that stuff yeah is is it do you have somebody you rely on to kind of tell you that's enough you got it um or, or are you pretty comfortable in your own skin at this point you know from doing this for so long that you know that's that's the take i got at that time well, I work um, with my producer, Barry, Barry Pointer, and we know when it's good. And I'll mm-hmm. like go, eh, let's do it again. Let's do this. Let's do that. But it's funny because we'll go all the way back to the beginning. Even mm-hmm. if it's at the very end of the song, I'll be like, yeah, because I want it to be yeah. as one performance. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a. It, it, it's probably good you weren't recording a lot of this stuff 40 years ago because the, the tape probably would have cost a fortune in the studio time. I imagine technology has made that right. a little more That's affordable right. to, to do that. I mean, just imagine if you listen really hard. I wonder if you'll hear, because I love music from the 30s and mm-hmm. the 40s, but, and thinking that's done as a take. Yeah. And I just think that's so incredible to me. There's no anything going on there. It's just a performance. Yeah, and I wonder if you listen really hard if you hear any imperfections. You probably do. Yeah, I mean sometimes that that gives it flavor, though. You know, I mean I think. Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean I I know some Rod Stewart records, some early Rod Stewart records, where I hear like the bass player he'll stop playing and then he'll start playing again. Like I hear things yeah. that are mistakes that are just left in, but. You know, that's I guess that's rock and roll. Yeah, and that that's that's absolutely. I you know you listen to you know Zeppelin and and, and all the stuff that we grew up with, and I think is sometimes if if someone even sometimes when they remaster things, you know you kind of stop in your tracks and like I don't want to hear this different than the way I first heard it. You know, I, you know right. I love live versions and that's a whole different animal, but you know sometimes the recording you want it exactly how you knew it you know if there's a mistake if the beat's not perfect if the beat's not consistent i don't care i you know i want i want it the way my dna has learned to come to love it um yeah i um i've done two live records and they are live 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 another really live 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 album is the zombie one that mm-hmm. the last zombie album that was it was done like it's so live like I was like I think it was the um, the we did the whole Astro Creep record mm-hmm. of White Zombie Astro Creep record we recorded that live and that record is like that's one show we did that for one show I think in Chicago I, I'm not sure if I'm right on that so there was no second chance at all so and that's pretty cool yeah that is i'm always amazed when you see bands and i I think there might have been a judas priest one where it was like the last night of the tour they film like or or you think of the cruise you know the the final dvd like that's that's without a net when you've got a camera crew and and uh 
you know, there's no doing it again Absolutely. tomorrow night. We'll just wear the same stage outfit and no one will notice. Um, right, right, kind of right. thing. But I think that gives it a bit of a, an energy to it, you know. Sure. Do you do you go back and listen to your live recordings, especially? Does that is that something? Oh yeah. That, you know? Oh yeah, I love it. You know, I like to listen to it and go and listen. You know, with it being, uh, you know, just like hard on myself and listen and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But I'm very proud of everything. I really am, and I'm I'm lucky because that stuff like is very very live. So I yeah. just remember just concentrate and don't think about anything else. Don't think about anything else because that's a trick. As soon as you think about something else, your brain is going in another direction mm-hmm. when your left and your right hand are working uh, to stay on time and stay and don't make a mistake and don't go out of tune or anything like that. But when your mind wavers, that's when you're in scary territory land. So when when you're playing, especially I would think in, in maybe in the smaller, you know, the, the the clubs, you know, the solo tours, you know, you're you're right there with the audience. You can see things going yeah. on. Do you, do you have situations where oh, you, you know, crap, there's a fight that broke out in the back corner that that kind of draws your attention? Does that? Oh sure. Or people like hitting your foot or waving their hands in your face or sign yeah. this, sign this, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah, that that happens all the time. But I love, love, love playing those venues. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's amazing how how many people who've done, you know, obviously with Motley, you've done some huge gigs, stadiums all across the country and world at this point. But still come back and say, you know, I want that intimate venue. Give me the, you know, 700, 800 seat uh, or no seat, uh, you know, Club right, show. yeah, uh, the Stones. I mean, they do it all the time. Oh, those are those are some fantastic shows that uh, you know, at least the ones that they put out on DVD. You know, the, the Sticky Fingers Live. You know, in the in the smaller venues are just so amazing. Right. Um, right. I can't fathom what being there would be like. You know, that, that's a you know to see a band like that. <laughs> I just thought of something so funny. The, the name of that album, uh, Sticky Fingers. And I thought, what a cool album. But someone should do a parody and call it like Stinky Fingers or something <laughs> like that. It'd be really funny. Yeah. That, <laughs> give that. There's probably some punk band out there that's done that. I, I would, I would have yeah, to, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, uh, it, yeah, that could go in a million directions. I'll leave that on. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. That, um, that, that club thing. And I think for, for folks that, that you know, have had a chance to see you, 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 you've got a, persona you know from your time back with with manson and and certainly with with rob that you've become you know a notable entity to yourself you know as opposed to you know i think people think of a hired gun um but you know you know you're in that i think that class where you'd put you know steve i certainly even you know joe saturone is what he's doing with um sammy hagar where people are coming to so to see you um you know, so that uh, it's an exciting opportunity for you know all of us fans of this kind of music to come out and see this kind of music in this this venue is is tremendous. Um, obviously, the ghost I think whets people's appetite. Will and, and, and as I said, your side hustle kind of keeps you busy. Will will you be working on another full length album, or is that kind of going to take a back burner at this point? No, no, absolutely, I'm full force. So I put out. A song called Strung Out, and I put out a song called The Ghost, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do another song called um, A Hollywood Story, and I'm going to release tracks, you know, here and there. Here's a new mm-hmm. track, here's a new track, and that's how I'm going to do it, and at the end, it will be, I'll put it out on vinyl or CD or mm-hmm. whatever, um, but yes, I definitely will always, always do that, and it's just something I enjoy. I love it so, so much to just record and write crazy guitar music. When when you're putting a song together like that, though, I mean, do you, do you get kind of a melody in your head to kind of start with, or what is kind of the catalyst of, of putting together an instrumental in, in particular, you know, where you're not necessarily saying, okay, I've got a chorus, a verse, a, you know, a cool song title mm-hmm. that pops in your head. How do you kind of you know, what's the kind of the nucleus of these songs when you're putting them together? 
Well, I, you know, I'll come up with a riff or a melody. It depends, you know, or I'll hear something on TV or something like that. Or it could be even be a lick, you know, and or like a tapping or a uh, hybrid picking or something like a selective mm-hmm. picking part. And I'll go, oh, I can make a cool song out of this. So it all depends, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's. It, it it all depends on what inspires me. But I think that's one of the most important things out there is inspiration. As far as your technique, I, I mean, obviously you're in a stratosphere where few p- people that pick up the instrument get to as far as technique. Are there still things that you look at and say, okay, this is a part of my playing I'd like to enhance or, you know, uh, there's you know some bar that you're still reaching for or is it, you know, at this point can you say, you know, this is where I want to be as a player. I'm in kind of maintenance mode, for lack of a better term. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy you asked that question. I'm, what my goal is in life is to see how far I can take it, how much I can learn, how much I can raise the bar. Mm-hmm. Because all the time I am working and like trying to improve myself every day. So that is my goal in life, to see how far I can take it, how much I can learn, how much I can, you know, uh, raise the bar, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, it's, it's a fun thing to do. It's a fun goal to try to achieve because it's education and, yeah. You know, so many guitar players inspire me, and hopefully I'll inspire some as well in the future. Yeah. Uh, do you consider yourself a theory guy? Uh, you know, are you... you yes, know, I most? love theory, yeah. Yeah, I wish I, I would use it more than I do. But yeah, I love theory. I think it's wonderful. I yeah. think it's important. Yeah, you find two kind of but players, it you, seems. Either people who are like, no, I never look at it, and, you know, are just good, or people who you know, are religious about it. Um, yeah. Right. I'm. I'm. I. I study it and stuff when I'm like, you know, if I'm on a plane mm-hmm. or something like that, where I don't have a guitar in my hand, because a lot of it is, you know, um, studying and books mm. and and yeah and things like that. It's not just with a guitar working on some really cool idea. Yeah. As far as you know, you're listening. You mentioned the music of the '40s. You know, uh, is do you find yourself, you know, when you're you're writing, do you, do you tend to try to stay away from listening to recorded music and just focus on what you're doing so that it doesn't creep in, or do you kind of have that boundary, you know, so you don't end up kind of mimicking what you listened to yesterday, you know, kind of subconsciously? No, I love when it creeps in. I do. I love when it creeps in. If it creeps in, I'm all for it, you know. I I, I take inspiration from a lot of guitar players, and I'm, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to lie about it. Anybody that's doing something cool, I'm going to learn it and not play it exactly, but try to turn it into something that I can do. So I'm not just copying somebody. Sure. Yeah, and that's... that's um that's fantastic. Was, if I remember correctly, you were. Am I remember correctly that Hee Haw was kind of one of the first influences for you? Or people, I mean, I was glued to the TV when I was a little kid. You know, it was just my everything was TV. Mm-hmm. And seeing anybody play, I was like, you know, we're little kids at this point. We don't get yeah. the chance to. There was no internet. We had magazines, but there was no even VCRs or anything like that. So uh, I was like super, super excited to see any kind of musicianship on TV. That's why I loved Hee Haw and I loved the Monkees. Yeah. And I even loved Happy Days because there was some playing on there. So anytime I got to see anybody play, I was like, whoa, this is incredible. Yeah, and then... I imagine you're of the age where I can almost guarantee that Kiss came along and just totally blew our minds. Yeah, you know? uh, totally blew our minds. Yeah, it was it was, it was incredible. incredible. You still look at these pictures of 
kiss from 75, 76, 77, 78, you're like, God damn, that looks cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's like, wow, that looks cool. Yeah, I, I remember the, the color forms that a neighbor kid had almost made me a fan without ever hearing the music. And then, thank, thank God, the music lived up to the, to the hype of of the Marvel comic uh, aspect of right? it. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was so much as a kid that, um, I mean, it's influenced so many bands, so many bands, any band you could think of, like back in the, you know, probably 80s, 90s, 2000s, mm-hmm. 2010, you know, were influenced by Kiss. Pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. Even. Either one member you know, of so many bands were totally inspired by Kiss. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you're hard-pressed to find, really. I mean, I think there were kind of two seismic shifts in music. One was obviously the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and and two was yeah. Kiss in, in some perspective. Um, you know, maybe not one singular event for Kiss that we all point back and say, you know, on you know October 17th or whatever it was, you know, they were on whatever show but i think right there isn't really anybody in this stage that doesn't identify with one of the two yeah it's either white gosh yeah, yeah. either a kiss or john lennon and paul mccartney um right right you know so so bless them all for that um john uh, obviously be remiss or derelict of duty if i don't ask obviously nikki has mentioned new music do is is 2024 still something reasonable to expect some new crew yes i would say early 24 you know so i'm so excited i'm so so excited so um i was just talking to nikki right before this phone call and i was like i was gonna say hey dudes when do you think it's gonna come out because I'm super psyched. Mm-hmm. That's so. awesome. We'll be looking forward to that. Is it one last question? When you're doing solo shows like this um, versus touring with the crew, which obviously is a much bigger machine when on the road, do you find the stress of being the guy and having to worry maybe about hotel reservations or traveling or, or not necessarily the show, but the other 22 and a half hours a day do you find being in part of the crew machine a little less stressful or is it more stressful because of you know the the magnitude of it it is just imagine like and i couldn't even i couldn't even imagine this but just imagine the pinnacle of travel Mm -hmm. like how amazing can it be? Mm-hmm. And what, where my dreams were, where my thoughts were, is in reality, it was above that. And that's how plush it is. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. It's gonna, unbelievable. That's going to make that February date in Pittsburgh seem a little less, uh, a little less uh, attractive when you're worrying about no, the busket see i don't take i don't take anything for granted yeah i'm so excited to get on the road i'm so excited it really is it's and i'm being a thousand percent honest because it's so i'm being so honest that i'm going to be there in february mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i could be in california just like with my feet up, but yeah. I want to play and I want to see the people, and that's what I want to do. That's the the infectiousness of which you know you 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 approach this. I think is is certainly one of the things I think that brings fans in is just that you know the sincerity and your eagerness to make this music. Um, you know where I think a lot of a lot of guys can get to that point where you know play the hits we'll, we'll do you know like you said you could sit around with your feet up and and you know you you know just get ready for the next giant show do 15 shows yeah, this summer and make it make the money and you know take it easy but to, to hear you no, I'm push just that boundary started. yeah that's, yeah yeah i'm just getting started this is just the beginning 
Awesome. Well, John, I want to thank you again. February 12th at Jurgles, you'll be here with the, with your band, The Creatures. Looking forward so much to that. The the new songs, the new crew. It's it's gonna be uh, if 23. I mean, it's gonna be hard to top 2023 for you, but I think 2024 certainly sounds like it's got the potential to blow it out of the water. So we'll be looking yeah. forward to seeing you about a month, man. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Hey, thanks, John. I will splice her there. Uh, we'll see you in exactly a month at this point. So be All safe right, out there. It's, hopefully the weather will be cooperative, right. but uh, I'm sure the place will be packed for you, man. So we'll see you in a month. All right. Well, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Take care. Heart Royal Flush Tour 2024, May 23rd, PPG Paints Arena. A journey through the hits and timeless classics. Iconic Band returns with special guest Cheap Trick. Reserve seats on sale now at heart-music.com. Heart with Cheap Trick live. Produced by AEG Presents. A giant thank you to John Five for coming on. Always a pleasure to get a chance to talk to him again. Monday, February 12th, John Five and the Creatures at Jurgles. Tickets only $25. So for those of you who complain that tickets are too expensive, $25. 30 bucks a day of show, so you, you can use the link on our website, ironcityrocks.com. It'll take you to where you need to go to buy those tickets. Opportunity, and hopefully we get a chance to see John and the rest of Motley Crew Again, um, obviously the stadium show they did with Poison and, and all the other great bands. An amazing opportunity, but it'd be great to see them come back around before too long. And new music from Motley Crue has got a kind of cool ring to it, so we'll look forward to that. We turn our attention now to another show that's coming very, very soon, February 9th, which is this Friday as of the recording of this show. The band Led Zeppelin II. Uh, we are speaking to vocalist Bruce Lamont. Led Zeppelin II, you can check out their website is Led Zeppelin and then the number two.net. Uh, if you want to check out uh, some videos of what they sound like, if you're like me when you want to see a tribute band, you need like 30 seconds to decide whether it's worth your time. Um, I think if you're listening to the show, obviously you're a Led Zeppelin fan. That would be unheard of to enjoy this kind of music and not like Led Zeppelin. So great chance to get out on a Friday night in February where the weather is not supposed to be horrible. No need to worry about slipping and sliding the whole way to McKee's Rocks. It'll be a, a beautiful weather here on on Friday as February in Pittsburgh goes in. It's supposed to be close to 60 degrees, so no excuse not to get out to the Roxy in a beautiful place to see a show. Uh, they put a lot of effort into making that place really first class, so get out and see this band, and uh, without further ado, Mr. Bruce Lamont from Led Zeppelin II. Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome the Iron City Rocks from the band Led Zeppelin II. We have Bruce Lamont on the line. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing great. How are you? I am fantastic. You are getting set to come into the city of Pittsburgh uh, to do a show on Friday night here at the, well, actually, I guess technically McKee's Rocks, um, for for those listening to the show who were thinking about coming out. It's at the Roxy in, in McKee's Rocks. Uh, your band Led Zeppelin II will be coming in to do a show, um, a tribute to the mighty Led Zeppelin. Obviously, you uh, are stepping yes. into the to the shoes of Robert Plant, which is no obviously no enviable task. But think about Led Zeppelin. There isn't an enviable role. Um, I guess we should any, envy anybody who can do that role. Um, but can you talk a little bit? Uh, actually, before we even get started, we were talking off mic about Eddie Money, uh, the late Eddie Money, a big yeah. f- a big friend of the show. And you said you had a good Eddie Money story. And anybody who knows Eddie Money knows that every story with Eddie Money is a good story. I do have a great story, and you know what? In doing this band, um, sometimes I call it—it's a little pay dirt. I mm-hmm. like these these kinds of uh, these kinds of interactions and opportunities. So uh, it was uh, about six, maybe seven or eight years ago. Now that I think about it, it was a it was an outdoor festival that uh, we happened to play with Edward Mahoney. He was the headliner, and we mm-hmm. were the uh, direct support band. And uh, before the show, we didn't really interact or anything like that, but um, we went on, we did our thing, and um, our drummer happened to look over at one point and noticed that uh, Eddie was was watching the show, you know, and he mm-hmm. mentioned to me on the after afterwards, like, oh, I saw, I saw Eddie, he was watching the show, I'm like, oh, cool, and, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I do, I'm, I'm just, you know, full disclosure, uh, I'm in a full getup. I have like sleeve tattoos. Right. And I normally have, I, I have long brown hair, not long blonde hair. I wear a wig and all that. Mm-hmm. And I wear makeup and things of that nature. So this guy's never seen me ever outside of, you know, the Led Zeppelin. Eddie, mm-hmm. and we're talking about Eddie Money here. And, uh, first off, he gives us a shout out from the stage while we're playing. He was totally into it. And then after the show, he literally makes a beeline right at me. Like, and I am in shorts, uh, I am in a, a sleeveless t-shirt and my hair's down and he just walks with me, he puts his finger and he goes, I got to talk to you. And I go, <laughs> uh, okay. And then uh, our whole entourage and his whole entourage just came around us. Our, our drummer at the time was like, Oh, like, holy shit. You know, like that kind of a thing. And he's like that. He's like, I got to tell you, that was absolutely amazing. That was amazing. He's like, I saw, I saw Zeppelin 1969. I go, and I'm like, I go in New York because I knew he was he yeah. lived there as a copper and all that. He goes no San Francisco and I'm like oh he's like I met Jimmy I met Robert anyway great show I was I'm like Eddie can we take a picture together he puts his arm around me and goes absolutely <laughs> and he did <laughs> so we took a photo together and I've had that photo on my phone for a million years and yeah. I can't. I, I I always try to speak highly of him anytime his name comes up. So that's why I just want to get that story out. When you mentioned Eddie Money, I was like, oh, had to say something. So yeah, I think there any, you go. anybody anybody that ever I think touched his life has a, a funny story. And I always used to love because he, he would he would hit the interview. You would he would pick up the phone, and there would be no greeting, salutation, any of that kind of you know pleasantry. It was just he would launch into a joke that I knew as soon as he started I was going to have to cut out of the interview because it was going to offend somebody, but it was going to make a lot of people laugh. You know? and, and I, awesome. I, I, anytime I hear a song on the radio to this day, and my family all kind of joke about this, I will say, hey, Eddie Money, he told me a joke once because it was it was like talking to Rodney Dangerfield. It really, it, to me, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just such a, a fun guy to talk about. But anyway, I digress. Um, your band... Amazing. Um, let's talk about this. You guys are obviously doing a, a tribute to, to Led Zeppelin. Can you talk about, yeah. as a musician, how you got to this point? And, and if I may ask, you know, as a musician making a living, are tribute bands, you know, something that that really musicians have to consider when they're looking at a way to make a living in the industry right now? Because they're, you know, the the, the appeal of it is. You know, you can come into town for musicians who maybe no one's ever heard of, but you're doing music that everybody knows, which is a, right. which is a draw. You know, I, I know myself. I've yeah. gone to see several tribute bands over the summer. You know, the weather's nice. They're playing outside. Hey, this band's doing the music of you, too. I don't know anything about the musicians, but I know their songs, which is, a, you know, a complete paradigm shift from the the band doing original music that you're going to see right. you may not know any songs. So is it is it something that's almost right. un, unavoidable as a musician in some respects? There's a lot of questions in there, and I'm going to yeah. try to answer each and every one of them sure. in, in order. Um, how we got to where we are now. So when this project first even be, you know was a twinkle in, I'll say, my eye at this point, on the last of the original, uh, the very, very original people that did, started this thing, um, you know, this is at a time where when you thought of tribute and cover acts and things like mm-hmm. that, um, most of that stuff, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, in the city, you didn't find that kind of stuff in the city right. clubs. That was out in the suburbs, if that at all. And I didn't really know a whole lot about tribute bands and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, just for kicks, uh, me and a couple of the OG guys, we actually did some Black Sabbath stuff before we did uh, Led Zeppelin, and mm-hmm. it was just for fun. It was more like a Halloween Halloween kind of thing. Right. But then we got asked to do a couple of things as this Black Sabbath thing, which I dubbed Black Sabbath as a joke, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, um, uh, from that, you know, uh, we were just kind of messing around in the rehearsal studio, and up the one that I have. And um, we just busted out Custard Pie, The Rover, and In My Time of Dying as best we could for the first time ever. And we were like, whoa, this is way, this is a lot more fun. We like, I, I'm a huge Sabbath fan. I, I think Sabbath is one of the greatest bands ever. But as far as like 
there's there's a little more uh, complexity to the Zeppelin stuff if you look at their entire career, you know, and and, and it, it just seemed more appealing to us. So we we tried that one and it went over like it was nuts. It was it just it just went over like it was game busters. You know, people just went crazy and we're like, hmm, this is fun, and it literally just built it up. Again, we came up. We didn't. I had no idea of like what a tribute band was or how to how to how to how to even do it you know we just kind of have learned as we've gone along and you know got to a point where you know we were doing well in chicago well enough to where agents started to you know hit us mm -hmm. up and ask us if we were into into, into traveling and playing other places and we're like sure you know and that's just kind of how it's it's morphed into what it is today you know and and we've been on the road on and off since 2010 and you know, that's, that's the way we do it. Is it a, is it a necessity? I mean, we're, we're all musicians that are involved in, or have been involved or still are involved in original projects as mm -hmm. well as other, other things than this. And I mean, very stylistically, very different kinds of music. Right. I mean, Greg Fundus, who does, who does the bottom is, is a jazz drummer. I mean, and, and, or he's, He's a very, a very capable rock and roll drummer, as we all know. You should come see the show. He does a killer bottom, you know. But he, he also, you know, is very well schooled in in jazz, as well as Matt Lombards, who does the John Paul Jones. I mean, can pretty much play anything, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, is it a necessity for us to like to survive? Um, it's one, it's one of one of the tools in the in the toolbox, you know. Right. I mean, that's it helps. It helps. It, it, it is nice. To be able to roll into a, a city and you know play to, play to a play to a good to good to awesome crowd you know playing music regardless if it's ours or if it's somebody else's and as far as Led Zeppelin's music goes we we love that music and we want to like you know honor right. it as best as we can you know not just not for the band's sake as well as for the people that come to see it you know yeah. it's like that they have expectations and we try to we try to fill them as best we can you know yeah so you know, when you look at the that, the record industry you know or the lack thereof quite honestly and then you look at the rise sure. of you know and, and you know there are bands that have been doing the the well, just for lack of a better term tribute thing you know you look at the australian pink sure. floyd for example um even brit floyd right. you know which the nucleus of was the australian pink floyd um you right. know you think about it bands aren't really especially new newer bands you know you let's say you're 30 years old you've been playing a guitar for 15 years you're really good to put out an album, you're lucky if you, you're lucky if you get a hundred thousand copies, um, and you're making your living touring. And then how do you get sure. airplay? You know, and then you look at this and think, okay, I, you know, you study a band you love, you get to play music you like, you don't have to worry about selling albums. You know, even the real bands yep. aren't selling albums. So it, it's almost you know, sure. I, I had a discussion with somebody not that long ago who was at one point kind of a semi-professional musician. I said if I were to start out today, I don't know that I would wouldn't go the the, the route of of tribute because it's you you've got a guaranteed audience almost from a business perspective. You know, I, obviously musicians yeah. have the need to create, and I certainly understand that. But yeah. um, when yeah. it comes to paying the rent, the mortgage, the you know alimony, the whatever. You know this business makes almost too much sense to ignore, um, but from from a singer's perspective, obviously, the you mentioned doing you know Ozzy Osbourne in, in Black Sabbath um, was Robert Plant something you really had to kind of woodshed as a singer, like to go and get you know his technique, his breathing, his you know range. Was that something that was pretty comfortable for you? Um, I think we all like to think at the stoplight we can sing Robert Plant, but I sure as hell know from sure. anybody else in the car that I can't. So how, how did you? Uh, sure. I, I think um, it, it, uh, out of the gate it was comfortable, but I knew there was going to be some work in there to really get into all of the the nooks and crannies and the nuances of his mm -hmm. voice, you know, especially and the challenge of his voice had changed from the early years yeah. going into the later years of, and, and really in the grand scheme of things, we're talking a decade, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, and to be able to pull all that off in a night, that's been, and that's been an ongoing challenge for me. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I like that challenge, you know, um, I, I never, you know, I'm not that kind of person where I pat myself on the back at the end of a show and go, fuck yeah, that was killer, man. You know, like yeah. that's, that's 
no, it's always a work in progress. But yeah, um, it felt comfortable at first. So I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And then there was, you know, as time went on, you know, things got, you know, there's, there's some, there are some hurdles and challenges. Like I said, I mean, I don't know if you've heard the song of the tiles, but, uh, yeah. uh, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think they would even dare try to perform that after 1972. Cause I don't think plant would be able to pull it off. You know, mm. I, I don't know if he, I think he only did it a couple times and maybe it was, maybe there's like a time in 72 that got played like in J- Japan or something. I could mm. be totally wrong. I don't know, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of how that's how it worked for me, you know. And uh, like I said, it's still a work in progress. When you when you pick the songs you're doing, um, obviously yep. there there are certain songs that you know people who show up to see a show, any show, even if this was all original music, there's certain songs bands just have to play. You know, you're not going to get out of a, a venue without playing rock and roll or Stairway to Heaven. But are there songs that, that you guys kind of like? Really enjoy kind of pulling out. You mentioned on the tiles, like uh, I always think of wearing and tearing. Yeah. The one song from Led Zeppelin that I wish the radio would play to death, but never did. Yeah. Um, are, are there songs that that you kind of throw in there for the maybe the the deep cuts for sometimes for your own sake, sometimes for the people in the audience who are just <laughs> hardcore fans? Oh sure, of course. I mean. I mean, just, you know, just ask us to play Achilles' Last Stand, and usually before you get to say the word uh, last, we would be like, yes, you know, we'd do that. Um, that's one That's one of many. I mean, In the Light is a killer track from Physical Graffiti that mm-hmm. we love to play as well, too, you know. I mean, there's there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a bunch of deep cuts. I mean, Wanton Song, you know, The Rover. I speak, I keep talking about Physical Graffiti, but, you know, there's, yeah, there's plenty, and we're down for sure um, to, to pull those out, and you know, we like throwing we like throwing a little curveball off there every once in a while. Even even if ninety percent of the audience is kind of like, eh, and they don't seem to respond. Yeah. That one person that's in the back is like, oh fuck you, yeah, I can't yeah. believe this played in the evening. What the, you know, like they, you know, like that kind of a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, we we love doing stuff like that. So yeah, I, I've often wanted to come to a show and yeah. see a band pull out Hot Dog or something. You know, some of that. Uh, oh yeah, we've we've done we've done we've done it a bunch. So I mean, and uh, we and also we'll play with that stuff too. I mean. Everyone's uh, really capable at what they do as far as uh, musicianship is concerned. So you know, maybe in the middle of uh, maybe in the middle of no quarter uh, piano solo, all of a sudden we'll bust into Fool in the Rain just for just for fun, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we're we're always into stuff like that. So you know, let's just have yeah, have a little fun with it, sure. You know, do you guys? Or I remember talking to an Almond Brothers. Uh, tribute band and, and they were into the you know we're going to go and we're going to do night two at the beacon theater from the you know 78 tour kind of obscure renditions yep. that you find on bootlegs do you guys get into those kind of nuances or do you stick mainly to the you know kind of atlantic releases oh, oh absolutely no i mean our the name of the band is led zeppelin 2 live and mm-hmm. it's we focus on the, the live experience mm-hmm. of 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 led zeppelin um and in there's some songs that they may have never played live mm-hmm. or, you know, like for like, for instance, or they played it like once or twice, maybe not very well, or maybe mm-hmm. not all the way through the corrupt. We just, we just, and we do albums sometimes we kind of interpret it. We, we, we take the live approach and then we just kind of apply that to everything that we do. Um, so there is some room for spontaneity, you know, um, but in the style of Zeppelin, you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, uh, just, just to make the, just to make the show a little, you know, a little more kind of unique to the moment, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, uh, yes, we have done, we have done like tour, like a specific year, like we'll do the 77 tour. We'll mm-hmm. play the set list and, and they did change the set list up. Not, not a ton, like, like a Grateful Dead kind of situation, right. but like, you know, a song here, song there, we might play everything that they played in 1977. You know, those six, six songs that got kind of brought in and out, we'll add those in and we'll just do the mm-hmm. whole thing. Or, you know, we've, we've done, we've done the song made the same soundtrack, even the, the reissued soundtrack that came out, which had all the songs from the movie. We've, we've done that a million times. Um, again, like I said, we, last number of years, we've been, we've been, um, celebrating the 50th anniversary of each album that has come out. So we've right. done one, two, three. Uh, we try to do as much of four as we could. 2021 was a little tough to get, get, yeah. get some stuff going on. 2020, we got, we, we got a bunch of shows in on 2020 until the world ended. Um, but, uh, that kind of thing. And then houses this past year. And that was, I was thinking of houses when you asked about, 
song oh, I saw songs that they really never played live. They never did crunch the crunch all the way through. They only did like a snippet of it mm-hmm. and a jam, you know, here and there. So we would that was you know, but we still approached it like, okay, how would Zeppelin play it live? Sure. You know? And that kind of a thing. So From a production standpoint But that's what we that's what we do. From a production standpoint, what what do people get visually? Because I think of Led Zeppelin. I mean, the only things I remember seeing was obviously the song remains the same, and then the you know kind of sure. was it Celebration Day they did with Jason. Um, very right. minimalistic set, you know. Where, where you know I think the guys from like the Pink Floyd tributes have the benefit of being able to add lavish you know videos and things like that. Do you guys keep it kind of minimalistic like Zeppelin did? Sometimes and sometimes we don't. It, it kind of depends. Um, we are not in the position like Australian Pink Floyd, uh, which, by the way, are friends of ours. Mm-hmm. We have toured with them actually a number of times, and I, I have seen I've seen that show, and I know what kind of stuff they have. And if we if we can borrow their uh, if their uh, LED uh, wall, then yeah, we'll throw some stuff up and have yeah. fun with it. You know, but we are not in a position like that to be able to afford a thing like that. So sometimes we do do a minimal thing. We might just have, if we if we even have any kind of like wall behind us that can project something, it might just be the logo yeah. of, the, of the band, and and just a light show, and that's it, you know. Or if we have that, we might add some 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 video footage, depending. You know, we've, I was going to say next year will be the 50th anniversary of Physical Graffiti, but we've actually played that record in its entirety, and because uh, our Jimmy had to. Uh, do seven different guitar changes in a row that took a lot of time in between songs so we added some some visual and audio um kind of like filler so mm-hmm. we can just kind of keep the show rolling while we're doing some changeovers and things like that so yeah it'll be sometimes it'll be minimal sometimes we'll have a full-on you know a full-on video sure. production as well as you know i mean we definitely we always have a light show no right. matter what i mean that's First and foremost, and we, you know, we've got we've got the the fog machines and things like that sure. for particular songs. And but uh, yeah, do you find yourself as is a fan? Obviously, you, you probably don't get into this without being a, a fan to some degree of this kind of music, or it would be maddening. But do you find yourself since doing this? Do you find yourself ever just throwing in Led Zeppelin CDs? Cause I kind of joke that sometimes I don't need to listen to Ze- Zeppelin CDs because they're so ingrained in my DNA. That it's almost like right. it's just there. It's like back in black. There are albums I don't need to listen to to, you know, because it's almost part of you. When you hear it, it's almost like repetitive. Yeah. Um, do you do you still listen to a lot of Zeppelin, or is it something? You know, when you're on your downtime, you give me a Rush CD, or you know, go in another direction entirely. I love, I love Rush. So I probably would go. I probably I probably lean more towards more towards listening to Rush than listening to Zeppelin these days. <laughs> Mostly Zeppelin is for reference at this point. But yeah, sure. I mean, of course. I mean, since I was four years old, I mean that band's been you know, it's been like I, I, did you say it was ingrained in your DNA? Well, that's same. I mean, for sure, at least my rock and roll DNA. I mean, yeah. so yeah. Uh, but you know, every once in a while there'll be a, a lyric that I was like, oh, that's hot goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. So I mean, you always, you always learn something new. But uh, you know, in the in the end, um, uh, yeah, not not lately. I, I, there, someone I worked with, uh, I work at a club, and uh, someone threw on physical graffiti while while we were uh, working together, and I made a joke. I said I joked, I go, oh really? You know? And this <laughs> bartender turned around and goes, dude, hey, chill out, dude. It's not your band. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right. you know. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm not listening to the Zeppelin very often. I don't think any of us are just to like you know, yeah, just to, just to jam up. I, I don't get bummed when it comes on when it comes on the radio or someone's playing at a party or something. Like that. I'm yeah, like, oh, oh yeah, nice. you know, they go they're, so, they're realizing that they're making mistakes in in their version. That's when you know you've done it too long, um, or you realize you've morphed the song so far that it's it's totally different than the original. But it's, it's funny you mentioned, or actually, I brought up Rush, but you mentioned that you were such a big fan. I remember asking the exact same question to Damien from, um, who's originally an Australian Pink Floyd, now is the musical director of, of Brit Floyd. And he had said, you know, in the, in the spare time, he likes to noodle around with Rush music. I think it's, it's the uh, go-to uh, band that everybody, I think, would love to play, but that's just so damn hard. Um, yeah, yeah, to, totally. To totally. Rush tribute band, you'd totally. have to pick up the bass and learn how to tap dance on a keyboard at the same time. So, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, we, we did, uh, in, in 2020 before, uh, before, like I said, before the world ended, we did do 26 shows, uh, between January and March. And, uh, that was also the year that we lost our beloved Neil Pert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, all of us are, like I said, are big, big Rush fans. So it was one of the few, few times, not, not the only time that we, uh, incorporated a little, a little homage, especially while well, it was during Moby Dick, mm-hmm. uh, Greg Bonham would uh, go right into to uh, uh, Tom Sawyer and yeah. JPJ Matt would pick up on the keys and Paul Jimmy would uh, you know kick right into it and I and I would sing a little bit you know not in Robert I, well I think I, I don't remember if I did it in Robert Plant voice or try to do a Getty Lee voice but yeah you close know, close we'll enough every, we'll do things like that too yeah close enough exactly so but uh yeah. As we sit in 2024 now, which is unfortunately not the 50th anniversary of anything at this point, because House of the Holy was last year, right. physical graffiti next year. What what are you guys focusing on for those coming on Friday night? Oh, we're just gonna go for it and just kind of like just pepper in stuff from you know most of the catalog, uh, mm-hmm. at least at least you know different different uh, different uh, you know different elements from 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 all of zeppelin's history okay you know, that's kind of what we're focusing on this year awesome. is, is that kind of a thing but you know um there'll, there'll be some of those songs that you gotta play no yeah. matter what yeah you know we uh, you know you know which ones they are and we will throw in some deep cuts because uh, that's for us and for those few out there few folks out there that really love that kind of stuff so yeah definitely so yeah this, it's kind of nice actually it's, it's very uh it's very liberating that we can just kind of like oh Cool. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do tonight? All right, we'll talk it out. Bang, yeah. bang, boom. So I think the the trick there is with Zeppelin, there are so many songs in that you kind of have to do bucket. You know, you, you can get by when you're, you know, you're you're doing the you know journey. There's probably like six songs Zeppelin. I could think of sixteen that you have to do. Yeah, that's that's a right. good that's right. a that's a exactly. fun it, yeah fun 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 issue to have. You know, to, to weaving in and out of those. Yeah. So. I want to thank yeah, you sure. so much again, uh, Bruce. You guys are coming in Friday night. Uh, tickets available uh, at the Roxian uh, Theater. We'll have links in the show notes for this, and we will look forward to seeing you guys Friday evening, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll see you Friday evening. Uh, thanks for the talk. Promo West North Shore and Yingling presents Static X and Seven Dust. Special guests, Dope, and Lines of Loyalty. February 19th at Stage AE. Tickets are on sale now at Access.com or the Stage AE box office. For more information, visit StageAE.com. Don't miss this special co-headline show with Static X and Seven Dust. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore and Yingling. All right, that about wraps up this episode of Iron City Rocks. A special thank you to Bruce Lamont from Led Zeppelin 2. They will be here on the 9th to do a show at the Roxian. Tickets still available for that. And then also Mr. John Five, obviously, of Motley Crue, who will be here on the 12th to do a solo show. Well, John Five and the Creatures show at Jurgle. So tickets available for that as well. Head over to ironcityrocks.com. We have links to both of those. uh, So you can check those shows out. Great to have stuff to do in February, uh, this summer, and the spring, and even the fall, uh, shaping up to be huge here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think the moment they uh, announced that Iron Maiden was coming, it was like, okay, it's going to be a great year for concerts. <laughs> if no one else comes, throw in Creed and Heart and Journey and Def Leppard and um, you know, the list goes on and on and on of the great bands coming to Pittsburgh this year. So hopefully uh, you get a chance to get out and see some shows and help the uh, music nightlife here in Pittsburgh. It's always been a mission of ours to help you become aware of shows, get interested in going to shows. So we keep those shows coming to Pittsburgh. So we want to thank you for taking the time to listen. You can visit our social medias. They're all Iron City Rocks. So you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Uh, IronCityRocks at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Do you want to hear more from tribute bands? Do you want to never hear from tribute bands? Do you want to hear a particular band we've never talked about? Do you say to yourself, boy, we'd love to hear about John 5 in every episode? Let us know. We'd love to hear some feedback on what you have going on. We want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. 